You know, one of the things that I have wrestled with over the years is how to discern, if you will, what is the will of God. Now, I don't mean that in some day-to-day -day issues. I mean, you don't even have to wonder, is it the will of God uh, whether or not you're generous to other people? Is it the will of God that you would forgive? Is it the will of God that uh, you would serve the broken? That's already been made crystal clear. We know it's the will of God. The question is whether we're willing to surrender to it. But then there are these circumstances where you're presented with alternatives and, and you really, you got to wrestle with the idea of what's God's will here? How do I know what it is that he wants me to do? And some of these decisions are huge. I remember a number of years ago, I was faced with uh, three alternatives. We were leaving Alliance Theological Seminary. Um, and I'd already determined to leave before I knew exactly what it is we'd be doing. And suddenly we had three opportunities. One of them was to go to Lubambashi, which was in Africa, and teach at a seminary there. Another one was to teach in a seminary in Canberra, which is in Australia. And then the other opportunity we had was to go to Simpson University in California. And... I mean, obviously, one of the things I wanted to do is to do the will of God. And even my wife and I went away for two days of prayer because we wanted to somehow come to clarity on what God's will was. Now, in the end, it was the added benefit of being able to plant a church in California, which I was really very interested in, that caused us to go ahead and choose to go to Simpson University and then start a church, which ended up being Risen King Community Church, a church that God... Uh, he put his hand on. But I think this is getting right to the point of a fundamental issue that I think a lot of us as Christians, we know what God's will is in some circumstances, and the question is, will we do it? But then many times we're faced with these alternatives, these decisions we need to make. And I think in our heart, we want to know what God is it that you want us to do. And some of that can be as big as a job or a move but some of it can be day-to-day -day issues of, Lord, I'm feeling stirred. Should, should I go share the word that you've given to me with this particular person? And we want to know where God is in the midst of it. Well, I want to talk about that for a few moments. And, and it all begins with this thought, and that is, I've come to the point of recognizing that if I'm ever going to say yes to God's will, I have to let him work at the undoing of my own will. I mean, really, my motivations are very complex. There's conscious motivations, there's unconscious motivations. And it's very easy for me to have a preference and to begin to move forward toward that particular preference and then try to stack up why I think that's something that God wants me to do. And it may or may not be what God wants me to do, but I need some kind of a lens by which I can then discern what the will of God actually is. And by the way, that word discernment, that's, that's a word that St. Ignatius used for this very process. How do we discern? How do we come to the point of really perceiving this is what God would have us do? This is the direction we want to go. Now, I, I guess I should say, I do believe there's a degree in which God treats us like adults when in fact we have matured. And it isn't like we step into his will and there are blessings. And if we go against God's will into a secondary choice, there's nothing but disaster. But I do think there is a guidance of God where he sheds his light 
and he says, this is where I want you to go. But we have to be willing for him to confront and undo, if you will, our own will, our own motivations, some of the things that have guided us in the past, even unmet core longings that all of a sudden can be met in a certain, certain circumstance when, in fact, in the long run, that's not a good motivation. And I would say in my own life, a decision I made about being the head of a seminary was probably driven more by unconscious motivations and unconscious, if you will, unmet core longings than it was by really taking a long time to discern what was the will of God. Well, let's look at this. And the first thing that I want to encourage us with is the very hard, very, very difficult position of coming to a place of what's called indifference. Now, indifference doesn't mean it doesn't matter or I'm going to remain in ignorance. Indifference means that I want, I want to be neutral as much as possible when it comes to this idea of determining what the will of God is for my life. One of the examples that's been given of indifference is imagine an old-fashioned scale that has these two holders that then are connected to a, if you will, uh, almost a pivoting fulcrum. And that when, when that, if you will, arm is directly in the middle, you know that you've got two equal amounts of weight on this scale. And the idea of indifference is I'm not going to weigh in one way or the other on this personally. I'm not right now going to show my preference. I want to be right where I can say, God, I really want to know what it is that you want, no matter what. That's where I am. Not my will, but your will. Now, again, remember, indifference doesn't mean it doesn't matter. It simply means I want to come to the place without putting my hand on the scale. I don't want to weigh in, and that's what weigh in means. Put my weight on the scale and then begin to build from there. I want to come to a place where I can say, God, as hard as it is, no matter what my unconscious motivations might be, I want to be indifferent so that I can discern where you are in the midst of this. Again, that's, that's not easy to do, is it? It's an act of awareness. It's an act of surrender. Another thing that can happen that's very helpful in this discerning process, by the way, is not only coming to the place of indifference, but getting some people together that are not personally invested and just lay out before them, what, are the, what is it that you're facing? What is it the decision that you need to be making? And obviously part of that is the idea of uh, getting them together to pray, but also let them ask you questions. Sometimes their questions can begin to reveal some of the unconscious motivations that are deep inside of us. And I've learned more and more how important that is. We've been in a situation recently trying to discern God's will regarding healing care ministries. And boy, I can tell you there, I have a lot of opinions and a lot of investment, but I needed to step back and be able to say, Okay, I've got to find where God is in this. And by getting uninvested people to ask me key questions, all of a sudden it became more and more clear as to what it is I needed to be doing. And I think that's a giant step forward is this whole idea of dialogue. 
Now, let's go one step further on this, and that is there does come a point in which, obviously, we're asking for the light of God. We feel that he has spoken to us, and then we want to evaluate the degree to which light has come in to give us strength and to convince us, okay, this, this is the right way to go. I was thinking of Jesus in Gethsemane and the agony of just Gethsemane and Jesus crying out, even saying, God, I don't even know if I want your will, if there's any other way. But somehow in the midst of that struggle, it's clear that God spoke to him and consolation came and a strength must have come because he rose from that moment of great struggling and great drain to keep his disciples on course and to go and face the trial and then to endure Calvary. It seems that strength and light had come in. This is, this is the notion that, um, again, St. Ignatius brings in, is that after we have wrestled with it, there can be this, this sense of consolation. Yes, this, this is the right one. I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but we at Healing Care had discerned that God wanted us to start a healing care center, a place where individuals could come and receive intensive care dealing with emotional wounding. And in fact, we do have that place now, and you can read about it on the um, healing care website. And we've had people coming there all the time, and they stay, and they get first-level pastoral counseling and care. But you know, when we first felt God was leading us, we began to look at a lot of different properties. I mean, I think 40 in all. And we had some expectations. We wanted some land. We wanted to be conducive for, if you will, people being able to get apart and be quiet before the Lord. But one of the things very early on that we determined, and I encouraged our team to go by this, is we didn't want to say this would work. We wanted to go on a property and then be able to say, this is it. And there were a number of this will work properties that I know some of the team was wondering, as I kept saying, then, then not yet, not yet, if I had made a, a huge error. But when we went to the little town of West Salem, about 15 minutes north of Ashland, and we saw this 13-acre property, one of the joys was when then there was this sense of, this is it. And there was still a lot of work to be done, and there was money to raise, and there was remodeling that had to take place, but light came in. We were encouraged. Now, here's a reason why this is so important when we begin to want to discern the will of God, because... If we go through a process like this and we come to the plane of moving forward in this decision and we believe that God is in it, we need to be aware that there's going to be moments when it's going to get difficult. And there are going to be people that question. Do you remember? I mean, even Peter questioned Jesus about whether he was to go to Jerusalem or not in order to lay down his life for all of us. And sometimes the best of people, for the best of reasons, can begin to question the very thing we've made a decision about. And sometimes it can be close family and loved friends. But if we've gone through a process like we're talking about, 
where we've come before God and we've asked him to keep us from weighing in to putting our hand on the scale. And we've dialogued with Christian mature leaders who ask us the right kind of questions because they're not involved or they're invested. And when we can begin to reflect on what we're sensing deep inside the, this is it, this is the direction. Then when we're out there and we're on that playing field and we're moving to accomplish that task and things get tough, it helps us from wavering because we have this sense that we've moved forward with the Lord. I think this is important for us. And I know that even right now with healing care, we're looking at some structural issues. God, what is your issue? What is your will here? And I know that we're coming to the place that those of us that are involved are beginning to say, after all this dialogue and prayer, this is it. This is it. My friends, I don't know what you're facing. But I think two things are important to know. First, there are things we don't even have to pray about whether they are the will of God. They are God's will because scripture is made made clear. But then there are circumstances where we are provided opportunities that have alternatives. And we need to perceive, God, what is it that you're asking of us so that in faith and in trust, we can move forward? Why don't you consider some of what I've said here? There may be some of you that right now, this is the very place that you're in, and may God guide you there.